Hey. hey, hey. How's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> glad to hear it. I'm glad you can hear me and that we're all good. It's another car episode. We're back at it again. That's what this podcast is now. It's just a this car. This podcast app. is me recording in the car. Yeah. At some point, maybe I'll have a little more free time and I won't have to squeeze this in when I just have a one hour drive. But for now, that's where we are. And that's okay. I kind of like it, though. It kind of mimics like what our listeners are basically listening to. They're like, in that's car true. Also. You, yeah. That's probably true. They're in the car. We're in the car. Everybody's in the car. Welcome to America. Mm hmm. We're um, a car and burger culture, so gotta get yeah, that straight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, how you been? I've been good. Uh, off work now for a little bit, so nice. I'm in uh, vacation, fun employment mode for a little bit. Okay. So the summer of Avery has started. Yeah, we we gotta get your ass out to Magic Mountain or something. We do. Yeah, I need to start riding some or, coasters. I need to start. Yeah. Uh, Actually, getting to work with this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think you think you're fun employed, but you no. are employed at this at this podcast. I'm actually, yeah, I'm employed twenty four seven with my life because I like to have artistic endeavors, which include uh, riding roller coasters and having a podcast. So <laughs> we combine um, the two, make that work. Yeah, I mean, you 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 got to find time. I don't. Oh, yeah. I haven't really, I haven't been on any coasters either, so, I mean, I can't really, like, shit talk you in that regard. Well, you've been getting into planes recently. That's true. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, that's it was only I... a matter of time before it came up, but, I mean, for the listeners, the, the whole thing that brought us into the, into the world of coasters was me getting, you know, pretty autistically obsessed with roller coasters, and now I've, I've like, I'm sort of seeing those same things happen to me, but with airplanes, and I'm trying to... You know, yeah, no, and I'm trying to on it too, on also. Yeah, well, here's the thing: is like, you know, our listeners they didn't sign up for airplanes, so it's like, look, we're we're still going to talk coasters on this podcast, but just be aware that I am a pilot now, so yeah. I know everything there is to know about airplanes. I'm a I'm a plane guy, also. I still love roller coasters. Look, they're they're similar because they are both, um, like they're both involve a lot of physics, but the difference is that like. A roller coaster is trying to like the forces you feel, and pretty much at all times, like on a plane, you're trying to minimize the forces that your passengers would feel. But it goes wrong sometimes, and then you have to imagine some of these plane crashes. You know, they're pulling pulling positive g forces that you could never even experience <laughs> on a roller coaster because oh my we have God, not yeah. built. We have not built a roller coaster that drops from like thirty five thousand feet yet, and that that really, I mean. Yes, you're, you know, it's a horrifying last moment of your life. You will be obliterated into a million little pieces, but you experience a ride like none other. And so, yeah, I figured today I would, I would, you know, maybe we could talk of, about a few of the plane crashes I've learned about and decide if oh, would make no. kind of a sick coaster. Please do, because there was a time in my life when I was actually looking on to like Wikipedia and YouTube. Mm-hmm. about plane crashes there was like a little like phase where mm-hmm. you just get into like planes and stuff and it's like oh if you get into this kind of world getting into like crashes and everything so oh yeah yeah I mean, the thing that's is, is it the yin don't, and yang don't, of getting into planes you don't want um you don't ever want to crash as a no. pilot or as a passenger however it does happen um very rarely uh more rare uh, you know what no roller coasters are safer than planes planes are very safe but they kind of overstate how safe <laughs> they are 
there's there's so many more flights than there are yeah. roller coasters. That's coaster the coaster shot approval. Roller coasters are safer than planes. That's but roller coasters are safer than planes. There's yes. kind of no two ways about it. Like <laughs> a roller coaster, what, we follow our mission statement. Most roller coasters, yeah, you could in theory planes. fall from one of the tallest hills on them and you might survive. There's pretty much no plane crash where you're going to, you know, survive. Well, that's not true, actually. Most people do survive what? most plane crashes that happen. But if it falls out of the sky at cruising altitude, you're fucked and you will die. And I don't understand why people think somehow being over water gives them a better chance of survival. It's definitely a worse chance. Everybody, th- Those are the classic everybody dies plane crashes. It's like crashing into the middle of the ocean. No survivors ever. So get your get that thought out of your head that like because <laughs> oh, I used to well, think that well, too. I thought like yeah, I always water thought that too. Safe. Like oh, they'll yeah. put it down safely. You know, it's like GTA Four. Water doesn't give you fall damage. You won't die. Um, and uh, you know, then like they'll put the life rafts out or whatever, and you just wait until a boat comes by. Well, no big deal. Here's the thing, though. This is what everyone kind of forgets about when you land in the ocean. It's fucking sharks. I think that's what gets to that's you. a problem. That's a problem too. It's definitely a problem, but. More than likely, you'll be so fucking dead. You'd be dead. Exactly. Sharks would ever be a concern if your plane falls out. These of the are sky. all uh, positive hypotheticals I'm throwing out. If you're going yes. to survive a plane crash, yes, you might encounter gonna, that. The way you survive a plane crash is basically you are seated in the tail of the plane. It does not break apart in the crash, and it crashes kind of flat, like into something forward and so, at, at a low speed at which you're like. If it crashes like on landing on the runway, if you're in the tail, you're probably good. Unless okay. the way it crashes is it like goes tail down on the runway and it catches on fire. And then if you're in the tail, you're fucked. But people kind of get on like being in the back of the plane. The more I read about these things, being in the back of the plane is like definitely the safest place. The pilots really? always fuck the pilots always fucking die. Pretty much okay. always if well, they crash, true. they yeah. die. Which is fair. Like they fucked up, they should die. <laughs> um so yeah, it's I going mean, down the ship. I mean, hey. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, but the so the, the kind of plane crashes that have been interesting to me are um, ones that happen at cruising altitude because it's such an insane height for something to fall from, and there are some <laughs> great YouTubers out there who use like the flight simulator programs to like show what happens oh to the plane and like talk in detail and then use the cockpit voice recorders if they were recovered successfully to play over while they're showing you what happens to the plane like what the pilots were saying to each other which is always fantastic i learned a lot about terrifying uh, about the about human nature and how some people react to their imminent death by that because sometimes it's just like look you're kidding yourself if you think there's any way out of this like the plane is like spinning around and falling to the ground it's like classic like tail spin you're not going to survive some of them it's like a battle to keep the plane afloat. Like, um, I guess this would make like a very good, so let's, let's get started on some plane crashes. Oh yeah, go for it. Good roller coasters. Um, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, you know, let's, let's not pretend I'm no spectrum, but I'm not spectrum, spectrum enough to remember all the flight. Where does planes rank on the autism coaster spectrum? Uh, well, I would say coasters are a much more friendly version of autism because they can be enjoyed in a way that like, is more and other people friendly. could enjoy yeah yeah planes and plane crashes that's like deeper darker scarier smellier autism it's like an acquired taste it's like a more aged autism um train but, is the standard though train i think is like you go off of train autism for anything i think uh, yeah. train is a standard yes definitely and honestly planes are, a lot, 
planes are a hell of a lot more like trains than they are like cars. But they're more complex, like, though. I would say a plane is more complex. Than oh, a they're train. insanely complex. Insanely complex. The, like, yeah, it takes they're, they're so complex nature to the next level. Yeah. And for the most part, like a pilot does not understand everything that's happening in the plane, and that's why they that's, sort of oh simplified God. them so that you don't have to do any math I learned that necessarily to be, to be a pilot anymore. They don't know what's going on like half the time too, like all those like little gadgets you see in the cockpit. Well, yeah, the indicator lights and the warnings, which are you know for the truly autistic, that's like that's like you know the the nice aioli on the sandwich, oh, yeah. like, no, the, like the, the warning the, sounds and all the little yeah, blinking like, lights. Yeah, the so, kiss. Of so yeah. some of those I would say are um, the kind of thing where like if you hear it like your heart like jumps out of your chest because uh-huh. it's like not something you're ever supposed to hear. Um, so uh, as we go through and I talk about a couple of these crashes, um, I think you know I'll I'll let the listener in on on uh, what what sort of indicators might be going off there and uh, what what that would mean just to kind of like keep you up to speed. There's plane guys pilots like there's so many fucking acronyms it's the most acronymed up uh profession <laughs> i think that exists mcas tcas uh gpws toga there's all these different like four letter acronyms that you just like have to know so if any of that comes up of course i'm going to explain it for the listener but um yeah i mean the the first crash that uh i guess like everybody gets into when they start learning and getting into plane crash autism is uh, the most famous. It has the highest death toll, which is the Tenerife uh, airport disaster, which was, happened on the ground. So I don't find it quite as interesting, but there's a part of it, despite the fact that it's like a horrible event that killed like 600 people. Um, <laughs> it is kind of funny because it was completely avoidable and was caused by a Dutch guy being dumb, which, like, when Dutch guys are, like, goofy, they're, like, the goofiest people on Earth. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. They're pretty clumsy people. And, like, the name of the pilot that, like, caused it was, like, you know, like, Hooven van yeah, Heusten-Heisen yeah. or something. He like, like, he has, a, like a, a Muppet. Like, a Muppet ridic- character. Yeah. Ridiculously Dutch name. Yeah. Um, so, basically, <laughs> that one, for the, the uninitiated, was there were two 747s, huge, huge jets, uh, both with like about two or three hundred people on board, um, on the runway facing opposite ways, and air traffic control couldn't see either of them because of fog. And both planes were actually rerouted to that airport from another one because of a terrorist attack that happened at that airport. And so the uh, Dutch plane is like on the one end of the runway, the KLM jet, that's the Dutch airline, and then the other one's a Pan Am seven forty seven um, on the other end of the runway. And basically, they're talking to air traffic control. And the Dutch guys are just like, all right, uh, we're ready. And the air traffic <laughs> control is like, okay, if you say you're ready. And the Pan Am guy like comes through and is like, uh, no, we are uh, still on the runway. And the Dutch captain says, we gone. <laughs> and just fires at full throttle and smashes into another plane at no. like 170 miles per hour. Both of them basically explode. Everybody on the KLM flight died i'm pretty sure oh, i think no. there there may have been some people that survived the initial crash on the pan am flight but i think they died in the fire or something like that or maybe there were survivors i don't really know i know there was there was a woman on board the klm flight that uh just got off at tenerife even though they were supposed to continue to grand canaria and that's kind of funny that she just was like yeah i'm gonna just get off here i have some weird feeling that like i should get off right now and uh oh she my God. but i don't think this wow. one so it's like you know classic 
All these Holy are going to be launch coasters. This one doesn't really get off the ground, so it's more of like one of those ones they build at like SeaWorld that launches you and has like a couple nice airtime hills, but doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah, it's like um, a doesn't straight reach shoot. great heights. Yeah. Kind of a straight shoot. Uh-huh. Um, or sort of like, uh, yeah, yeah, sort of like um, Rita at um, at Alton Towers, which is like a launch coaster that goes really fast but doesn't really reach any heights. So I would say it's something that's sort of like that. But if like somehow they could have another coaster like launching not really launching but like just sitting on the track at you and then you like jump over it or something you could make a good tenerife coaster but it wouldn't necessarily be the most exciting thing in the world but that's obviously the first one that everybody you know goes to when they start learning about playing crashes is tenerife so i I have to shout it out but in terms of ones that might make an actual coaster um certainly i would say the uh the scariest plane crash i've come across was a midair collision, which I think a lot of people oh. uh, falsely believe that like that could never happen, and no, it, can it, happen. it definitely can. Um, and so this one was uh, in Brazil over the Amazon. Um, it was uh, Goal Airlines uh, was the Brazilian airline, and it crashed into a private jet that was being flown uh, like from the factory. Uh, yeah, the, like a multi-part. The Goal nineteen oh seven, right? Yes, goal 1907, exactly. So, um, uh, the basically what happened was um, they were both on the same airway. Now, I think a lot of people don't realize this. There are roads in the sky, and planes are told to go a certain way along a certain path just to kind of keep everybody, like, keep sense of it and stop things from flying over shit that they're not supposed to fly over. Um, so they're flying on the same airway. They're supposed to have separate altitudes. One's supposed to be... They're supposed to have a thousand feet of separation. One's supposed to be at thirty-seven thousand feet. One's supposed to be at thirty-six. Um, the pilots of the private jet are American, and the uh, air traffic controllers in Brazil—they are supposed to speak in English. That's apparently seems standard across the world. Everybody speaks English, even if it's like a domestic flight in Korea or something. They're still speaking to the air traffic control in English, which I think is fucking insane, but pretty common. Uh-huh. Um, and so the broken English is a part of the problem, but like the Americans also weren't like tuned to the right channel or whatever. They just had no idea what the fuck was going on. They're like fucking around on their instruments. They're like checking out this new plane that they get to fly. They're kind of like pumped probably. <coughs> yeah, dude. The what's Brazil- wild about the Brazil flight, it happened in 2006. It's just like, yes. yeah. People, people would not think that this is kind of, this sounds like something that like, okay, yeah. I could believe there were midair collisions in like 1935, you know, or even the 80s, even the 80s and 70s. There were some, right? They're like close calls. Yeah. The 80s and 70s. And we, if we have time, we'll get into this a little bit. Such a, an insane wild west of plane crashes because like big jets were new, but like we didn't have all the tech yet. It's kind of an insane era. And there's a lot of really horrific ones. This one's 2006. Um, Goal Airlines is like a, is, was, I think it still exists. Is like a discount airline in brazil so it's kind of like flying southwest but like in brazil um it's a flight from manaus to somewhere in like regular brazil that's not in the amazon i don't remember exactly where like rio or something and uh they're basically converging on the same path and air traffic control is trying to reach the americans in the private jet just repeatedly saying like hey you know like lower yourself you're you guys are are you know kind of coming pretty close to another plane that's on the same altitude as you there so right. why don't you why don't you head down or up either way just like change um and the brazilian flight was also getting a warning from their internal systems and air traffic control which it seems like they were kind of ignoring because in the cockpit voice recorder they're speaking in portuguese but if you read the translations there uh clearly the pilot is showing his first officer uh 
photos like from either from his camera or like from an actual fo- physical photo album his motorcycle and talking about like his nephews and shit it's like <laughs> the, the, they're like very clearly not like focused on the task at hand i don't want to yeah. blame them because it's definitely the american pilot's fault in this one uh-huh. but it's hard to say that the brazilian guys were like locked in and laser focused but i like his attitude going into it though i like how nonchalant he was yeah it's cool to be nonchalant when you've got like 150 lives in your hands and Uh you're like flying over the amazon yeah um and as a smooth operator so they're 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 basically without either set of them realizing it because they're looking at their instruments only and not at like out the window they're flying right at each other um and like direct at each other like yeah and you know uh, planes are going generally you know these planes are going somewhere in between you know 250 and 400 miles per hour so there there's not a ton of time to react once you do see something you have to make an immediate move and like movements in a plane are generally pretty slow so it's possible that like at the last half a second one of the two pilots did see they didn't collide head on um the small corporate jet uh, clipped the wing of the uh, 737, the like regular Ooh. plane that if you've ever flown on a plane was probably the plane you flew on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Boeing 737 for uh, the Goal Airlines flight, it clips the wing and like shears it completely off short of the engines. The engine I think was still on, but the wing is like not is like half not there. So the plane's completely out of balance immediately. You get uh, they get their bank angle alarm, which is like a uh, really annoying noise and it basically tells you to like turn the plane and they don't yeah. know what the hell happened they just you hear on the cockpit voice recording like a like the kind of sound like when you like hit someone's trash can pulling out of a parking space it like it doesn't sound like what it was which was crashing into another plane at thirty five thousand feet um and so but it was so faint though faint and like instant like, you know yeah like, you would not you would not be able to see it happen it happens so fast it's like a bullet basically Right. Because you've got 300 miles like, per hour plus 300 miles per hour, it's happening at basically 600 miles per hour past. Yeah. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. It's make, like a blink of an eye. It's just like holy shit. You're not gonna make that out. So yeah, yeah in a blink of an eye, they don't even know because again, he's like showing him like photos of his like, you know, the fish his nephew caught or whatever, and so they don't even Dude. know what the fuck happened. And immediately, the alarms start going off. The plane enters a dive and starts spinning around. And I believe before it hit the ground, the plane did a complete. Uh, roll, uh, I think something like 12 times. So like, just for reference, like if your plane does that once, that's like everybody is screaming and nobody knows what the hell's happening and you're all probably going to die. For a plane to roll 12 times is fucking insane. That doesn't like normally happen. It's just spinning and going down. It's losing like, you know, it's losing uh, you know, probably like not a thousand feet a second, but it's losing thousands and thousands of feet a minute, which for a plane is, is really fast. It's it's speed. The math doesn't look good on this one. The math, the math look immediately good. doesn't look good. You have no. the you you have immediately multiple warning alarms sounding, and then you have these two captains with two totally different reactions. They're spinning around. The G forces at this point are pulling stronger than any roller coaster in existence and pinning them to their seats. The uh, the captain is just repeatedly saying "calma, calma, calma,", calma. and his yeah. and his first officer is in the other seat going. <laughs> and I got I got to sympathize with him. I don't know Dude, what the fuck oh you're calma about when this is happening yeah. to you. And so I, I'm with the IE guy. IE it, was guy. Like, yeah. it was like, look, I didn't want to look at pictures of your stupid family. And now we're all going to die. If we had just been paying attention, this might have not happened. Um, and yeah, so, no. yeah, they, 
Just screaming that moment is actually like smart almost. Yeah. I don't really think to scream, you know? You feel like overshot <laughs> you, by it. You, you honestly, you don't hear a lot of screams because a don't lot hear of these a lot crashes, of screams. You don't. They, they don't necessarily have time to because yeah. this does happen pretty fast, but they're, they're dropping out of the sky from their cruising altitude. So they're falling for, I don't know, probably like 15 seconds before the plane starts to break up, which is a pretty long time when you consider like, I don't know how long a drop on a roller coaster is. They're dropping, you know, 30 something thousand feet in the sky. The plane breaks up before it hits the ground. So that would be something that's very hard to simulate in a roller coaster. However, this to me screams um, like basically a, uh, a vertical drop coaster with like an inversion in the drop. So maybe something that like twists as it falls down, sort of like you're being like flushed down the way this sort of was. Um, I think you could probably do it with, you could do it maybe with a B&M dive coaster. I don't know if you can put a twist in one of those drops. It's a pretty wide thing. I think you could probably do it with a wing coaster, although vertical drops are not commonly seen there. Um, I think you could do it with a mock launcher coaster also. Um, or even, you know, an RMC. So I think there's some options for how you could make the Gulf Airlines Flight 1907 coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, that one would be good because... It would be like basically to have the coaster work, you'd be going like straight and normal and like at a reasonable speed for like a period of a few seconds. And then all of a sudden you just drop it out of the sky. And maybe it could be a dueling coaster where the other one is a launch coaster that is going straight towards you and you like pass by each other and you drop after they pass by you sort of simulate the midair. Um, but yeah, that one's definitely the, the, the fucking most stark contrast between personalities of the captain and the first officer in the plane um where uh you know you have your your captain who's you know usually the more experienced guy just telling him you know calma calma Cal- like, yeah. basically don't have those don't have those tears on your bitch ass face when you could meet god in a few seconds right like, I, i'm gonna meet him like a man i don't know what you're doing and then you have the other guy just yeah. being like i don't want to die basically he's you can you can hear that he's crying in the cockpit voice recorder very disturbing but yeah, I mean, 150 people, uh, 153 people died in that one. Um, the plane hit the ground at some unimaginable speed, probably. I mean, it, it broke up before it hit the ground, which to me says it probably hit something above 700 miles per hour as it was falling. Um, you would have been so pinned to your seat, like bones are breaking. Uh, necks might have been snapped. It's like a, a an all out horrifying event in terms of the positive G forces it pulls. Oh, not yeah, a lot of, it's just... Not a lot of airtime because they never got back up. So you didn't, you didn't experience the negative G forces at any point. Um, so it's not that kind of coaster. It's a very intense coaster. Um, it's, one a one, it's like not... a one way coaster. It's kind of like, Oh yeah, it's a one way coaster. <laughs> that's for sure. These all are, yeah. but it would, it would be one that, um, you know, I, I think would be more for your kind of Fousey type, not necessarily something that's going to be a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Uh, be, but that inversion, the, the 11 or 12 inversions as your, as you're dropping, that would be uh, definitely kind of nauseating um, also. So I think it would be very intimidating to sort of see this ride uh, before you even get on it. Um, and then, I mean, lines is my number one go-to just because it's like, it's really a horrifying thought it's to really think your plane could crash in midair in, in this day and age. It's, I guess it's not this day and age, it was 2006, you know, still a slightly different time, but it's less than 20 years ago and this shit happened. Um, I do think is is wild about that also is that um, the American pilots of the corporate jet had no fucking idea what happened. They heard like something bump and on their cockpit voice recorder, uh, you hear 
you hear something in the lines of like, oh, what was that? And then they just like their plane is fine and they land where they're supposed to. Yeah. And when they when they land, uh, the guys at the airport are like, hey, uh, a 737 went down like right where you guys were. Did you see anything about that? And they were like, no. Oh, yeah. No. Whoa. That's that's freaking weird. <laughs> and they tried oh, to like quickly get back on the plane and leave the country before they could be uh, arrested for what they did. And Brazilian authorities like caught up. To Are them. you serious? No. Yeah, they, they were like, they were like, look, look we got to get back on the plane and fuel this thing <laughs> up. We got to get it. We got to get the hell out of Brazil real fast. Um, we got to like but... make a dash for it. Yeah, I'm trying to look up stuff about their escape. I I don't think they were ever. I don't know that they ever served time for it, which is crazy because. It's like 150 counts of man- manslaughter any way you slice it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, very rarely do you see pilots or air traffic controllers straight up arrested for failing. Um, I believe only the Japanese kind of have a practice of doing that, which is very Japanese, very like, you shouldn't be ashamed. You need to, you know, kill yourself, commit seppuku for causing a mid-air collision or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that one uh, definitely... Definitely has to be a dueling coaster because I think it would be an, an interesting experience to sort of see the mayhem you cause from the Embraer uh, corporate jet uh, American flown plane, uh, you know, crashing into the Brazilian plane. Also, a bit of yin yang there is that the Americans, exactly. the, the Americans were uh, flying a Brazilian made corporate jet and the Brazilians were flying an American made passenger oh, aircraft. So how ironic is that? It, it, it's just it's it shows that it's, when America and Brazil link up. We can get so many people killed. We, we need to link up more, and we will just all get each other killed with like stupidity and incompetence. Yeah, and when we borrow ideas from each other, recklessness. Like, yeah, yeah. Basically, build on each other. Like things are possible. So the world would be better with less plane crashes. That's for sure. Well, it definitely would be better with less plane crashes. Yeah. But that's that's you know that's probably. That's probably not going to happen as long as Boeing is still allowed to, uh, like, appoint the people who regulate Is that Jay them. Inslee? <laughs> is that that fucker Jay Inslee? Is he Boeing? Um, is I that... thought he, he was the governor of Washington. I mean, but was he, he associated has... with Boeing now? Time out. Was he associating with Boeing? Honestly, probably. I feel like that's how you get the power in the state of Washington. Boeing yeah. must run, like, like, Boeing and Microsoft and Amazon run the state, so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, Boeing is a, a shit tier company and you'll see there as we go through this episode and talk about different plane crashes, uh, most of them are Boeings. And, uh, it, I think like, like, you know, I know my dad sort of sidebar, uh, this is uh, like me following my dad's autistic footsteps. He's like a plane guy. He always wanted to be a pilot when he was growing up. Um, so he, he's always like, he's a conservative. So he's always like, Oh, you know, I hate that they're putting us on this Airbus. It's got no leg room. It's no good. I wish I was on a Boeing. And it's like, there are like several aircraft uh, Airbus models that have like literally never in their history uh, crashed in a way that killed anybody. And like uh, Boeing's like newest 737 model, the Max, uh, has already crashed twice, which is pretty insane for a plane that's only been around like a few years. And it was grounded for three years because of those crashes were like explicitly the fault of Boeing's shitty programming. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, another one that I think would make a a uh, fantastic roller coaster uh, with airtime because it did go up and down pretty wildly uh, was a flight in Japan in the mid 1980s. I believe it was 1985. Um, it was a 
Japan Airlines flight from, I want to say from like Tokyo to Osaka or something. It was a domestic flight, but on a 747, the biggest commercial airplane at the time. And um, they used to fly these huge planes on their domestic routes, I guess, because there's a lot of fucking people in Japan. And they were just like, we need a bigger plane. I don't really understand that. That doesn't really make sense to me. It doesn't, no. Um, but it's cool. I respect it, even if it's like a little strange. So this is the uh, single worst um, one plane crash. Tenerife is the worst, but two planes crashed into each other. So it's kind of cheating. This uh, plane was packed with close to 600 people on just this one plane. And it went down in the mountains. And what happened was uh, there was some repair made like years earlier that was made shittily. And so part of the tail, the I believe the part that like is called the vertical stabilizer uh, fell off in the middle of the flight. Uh, which is never good. You don't want whole parts of the plane falling off when you're flying it. Um, and so they couldn't control really how high or low the plane was going. They could only increase or decrease the throttle to make it like go faster, but faster is higher in an airplane usually. So they could sort of control it, but not really. And they couldn't really turn much either, or at least very well. So they were basically flying this metal tube with 600 people in it that they could not control at all. Um, and it was just like, they were in touch with air traffic control for like hours and it was still in the air, just going up and down wildly. So this would be, if this is a coaster, this is a giga coaster with a chain lift hill, um, you know, with, uh, lots of, of big ups and downs, big airtime hills with lots of floater airtime. Um, so this, this would be a very different coaster than something like the goal airlines, which went down like right away. Um, but, uh, you know, basically what happened was after a few hours, um, the pilots were in contact with air traffic control. Again, Japanese pilots talking to Japanese air traffic controllers, speaking English. The air traffic control recordings are, uh, pretty frustrating to listen to because you could tell that if they were just speaking Japanese, they might be making a little more headway. You know, they're, you know, they're... I'll let the listener imagine what it sounds like for two uh, Japanese guys in the middle of the 1980s to be speaking English to each other. Let's just say any words that involve L's or R's are are completely fucked up and they're not understanding each other because it's not like a Japanese guy necessarily understands a Japanese, another Japanese guy's broken English either. So they're just like miscommunicating left and right. They don't really know where this plane is going um because they don't even know where they're going it's going to crash pretty much inevitably they don't really know what to do about it there's no way to really get it down they can't make it go down it just keeps going up and then it kind of falls out of the sky and then they can make it go up again um and people are just stuck on this thing they've got no idea really what's happening they just are experiencing like basically what is like a like a two and a half hour long roller coaster that is dropping heights of like 10 or twenty thousand feet at a time um truly probably like you know, the, the greatest longest ride that there ever was. Um, and eventually they start making this turn and they kind of can't control the turn. And so they sort of just keep turning into a mountain and crash into it. But somehow four people survived that crash, which happened at like hundreds of miles per hour, smashing into a mountain. I don't really understand how anybody survives that, but there's always like weird survivor tales of survival in these things. However, I'm pretty sure all the survivors died as a result of not getting any medical assistance because the Japanese arm or not their army, like they don't, they weren't allowed to have an army at the time or whatever. They had their like military police or whatever. They, um, 
surrounded the area and didn't allow anyone to come help, even though people in like villages nearby could said they could like hear screams oh, from people who are alive. Uh, so that one's a, a pretty big L just for Japan in general. You know, it was to hear in my cries of help and then do nothing. The, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look, look so good. good. Hey, they over. They put look. this. They special ordered these planes that had so many people on it. They used them for their weird domestic routes over the mountains of Japan. They did the shitty repair. They they were the ones communicating in English for some reason. Which like I feel like Japanese and the air traffic controllers Japanese. I'm gonna be like. Hey, can we fucking speak Japanese? Because this is stupid. Like, there's no Americans here. They're not watching. We can just talk Japanese, and they're not going to, like, penalize. They do. You know what? I would rather be alive and find $5,000 by some bullshit organization than I would, like, di- rather die. Although, I don't know that there's really anything you could have done in that situation. You lose your vertical stabilizer. You're kind of fucked. You are, yeah. It's kind of a lose-lose situation. It's definitely a lose-lose situation. And the silver lining of it, again, is that I do think in terms of inspiration for a uh, roller coaster that that one is very, very strong in my mind, just because it goes up and down without crashing a number of times. Again, like two, something like two, two and a half hours, this thing is happening. Um, And that's a really like pretty on for. Um, So that would probably be, you know, your, yeah, your hyper, your giga, your very large, you're very large ride um, with, you know, thousands and thousands of feet of track. You're not going to be able to make any of these to their exact scale. I don't think we will ever have the technology. A roller coaster of that. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. It can't really, uh, immense. That we haven't of, figured uh, that one out yet. Yeah. But that's okay. That one out, yeah. We've immensed it. But yeah. Uh, and to be honest, I will even talk and I've been looking up stuff with Jay Ensley and Boeing. Uh-huh. And I think, What's the deal? Uh, I may have uh, mislandered Mr. Ellsling. Or, or, <laughs> that's <laughs> our, you know what? He's their That's bitch, on Coaster Chat, you know? He, he I ran took, to be honest, I thought he took money from Boeing. I don't think he did because Boeing left the state to South nah. Carolina. Oh, that's what it says. Nah. With all that uh, right. production of South Carolina. So okay. I thought he took all money right. from them. So, hey. Look, Jay Inslee. That's just you know me what? paying Democrats with a broad brush sometimes. So. Yeah, it's guilt by association. You got it is guilt by association. Thank you. Got you got some fuck boyfriends and shit. So you do. You. That is true. He's probably not good, but I'm speaking on my ass. So let me see. So, oh, I was gonna say about plane crashes. Yes. So we talk about plane crashes. What about plane survivals? Has there been yeah, any so, great survivals? Yes. Uh, yeah. There there have been People some survive. incredible stories. Um, I uh, do not remember her name, but there's a there's a very famous story of uh, there was a bomb over Czechoslovakia in the 1970s. And uh, a flight attendant who was on the flight, uh, this bombing occurred at 33,000 something feet. Uh, she fell. It was like she was blown out of the plane by the bomb exploding and she lived. Despite falling, um, I think six and a half miles. What? <laughs> yeah, she lived. She fell I'm six, pretty sure six and a half miles. I think I think she was in a wheelchair, but like, still, goddamn, like, you know, to to survive that in any capacity, uh, falling six and a half miles. So that's there's your drop tower right there. Is the you know the Serbian, Serbian too? Which shout out Serbia. Oh wow. Um, 
That makes so, more sense. Yeah, she survived. Yeah, yeah. That's how she survived. She's Serbian. Exactly. Serbian. Yeah. They're just built they're, different. They are. They're just um, a, uh, they're just superhumans, essentially. But I think it makes sense that the, the survivor we're talking about here is a woman, and it's kind of a drop tower experience if she just fell straight down about, again, yeah, six and a half miles. So that would be something interesting that I, I would like to, you know, maybe see in a ride is like a, a record-breaking drop tower theme to that. Um, maybe the way you could do it is you have uh, some sort of, like, shuttle take you up to the top of it. You don't even, like, rise up because that wouldn't really simulate the flight very well. So you have, like, a right. plane on, like, a monorail track that takes you all the way up. Then you load into the drop tower car at the top, and then it drops you, you know, Again, we're going to have to compromise probably not six and a half miles, but, you know, maybe some record-breaking height uh, yeah. that honors her. You could put the park in Serbia in her honor or something. Um, you know, I think I think that's something that would, the Serbs would like and that the Chinese could engineer for them. So. Oh, absolutely. It'd be like, uh, like synergy almost, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be just China and Serbia coming together, making the world's tallest coaster. Yeah. 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 In honor of this yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be it would woman. be a thrill ride. I don't know if I would define it as a coaster. It'd be a one of a kind thrill ride, though, that would definitely draw anybody to any park. I'm imagining um, it now. You can have like little like TVs when you go in the coaster, and it's like basically the TVs have the sky on them. Oh, that's look, sick! Yeah, yeah, I love that. So, so when you, yeah, you see the sky, it orients you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disorient. That'd be cool. Yes. Um, and then yeah, like have the car stop, and as you're loading in like you're in like an enclosed room with more screens and those yeah. are like showing like explosion things so it's like you're in the bomb even though it's oh. and, like strapping you in or whatever yeah yeah so when you get strapped in it's all bombs and bombs then when you're strapped in it's nothing because you see clouds and everything so and it just dro- drops your ass it out. just drops yeah. your ass down yeah it's just, yeah it's over when like you the, like, it's like the floor in. drops out and you just go down yeah <laughs> um yeah that would be sick that'd be awesome. that's probably that's probably the best ride of any of these um, it is. Yeah, so she, I mean, she has the record for uh, the, like, longest fall survived by any human in history, so uh, I think she died in, like, 2011, but shout out that lady. How did Serbia. she, like, I mean, I mean how did she live? So she fell. She doesn't know, because she, she was knocked out for all of it, which is also pretty crazy, so she didn't even experience it. Her body just somehow survived it, but what was going on and she had amnesia from the impact of the fall i don't really know but she was strapped into her seat and it was a jump seat on the plane like you know how at the front of the plane like where the flight attendants are they have a few of those seats for like flight attendants to sit down in when there was turbulence she just happened to be sitting in it with her seat belt on at the time of the explosion which is how she survived uh i think she like so was ripped out with belt. the seat yes she it wore her seat belt. Yes. yes she just wore her seat belt <laughs> and she survived but you, you people laugh at the seat belt but yes. like seat belts are important you're gonna try to argue right. with the results like yeah um i heard we had new said, hampshire listeners who wanted to be against seat belts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah they can take a seat <laughs> yeah the libertarians are blown the fuck out on this one I do think it also had to do with the fact that she was like five foot one or five foot two and she was shorter than the seat, which somehow yeah. protected her head from some of the trauma. Um, so she followed all the rules and she survived. She followed all the rules. She did all the right <laughs> things and she survived. And, and she's, she was, she's an inspiration. That's and I believe awesome. there is a plaque in the woods in, in the Czech Republic where uh, she fell and landed honoring her. So if anybody out there is very interested in this event and lives in Europe, uh, you can go check that out in Czechia. In the middle of the woods, there's a plaque uh, <laughs> where a lady fell six. <laughs> um, I was so yeah, others... her being interviewed. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I just followed all the rules since I survived. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, follow the rules. You'll yeah. live. Apparently, she was honored by uh, <laughs> by Tito, like in in, in, in Yugoslavia. It. They the like rocks. gave her like you know like the Yugoslav like yes. Medal of Honor or whatever for surviving. Like she became like sort yeah. of like a minor meme and celebrity. And apparently, they would have like I think they might have given her like a holiday or something. That's so like, cool. They they like they recognized her too, which is cool. Uh, and that's not the kind of thing you'd get in a capitalist state. It has to be no. said. O- only a communist regime would would honor something that that cool. Yeah, we, we honor would like just patronize her, make her like a attraction or whatever. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this is the woman who fell six feet or six miles. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and then no honor. She would just be told by United Airlines, it's like, all right, well, um, we're not paying for any of your medical expenses. <laughs> but I followed all the rules. That would be my yeah. argument. And I followed everything you told me to, and I survived. Mm-hmm. I should be awarded money. That's how mm-hmm. it is. Um, she has so all the, she has, she's holding all the cards. If oh, she yeah. Alive. Yeah. That right, that's dude. the the greatest survive single person survival. Also, what she was the plane only, only What about like a only plane survival. going from like a whole shits, plane survival? Yeah, yeah. zero so, to a hundred. Like the one everybody knows about is is obviously the Hudson landing. Yeah, with, that uh, one. Okay. Sully Sullenberger. Sully, that one that's sucks. Like Reddit at this it point. sucks. It's Reddit. It it's complete. It, yeah. Okay. First of all, how about you don't hit the birds? Like exactly. <laughs> that's on him. He he caused it. He slammed. He smashed into a flock of geese and then like. His stupid uh, again. His I think it was a Boeing. Stupid Boeing shit engines yes. give out uh, geese greater than sign Boeing engine, and bitch ass plane goes Boeing. down in the Hudson. I mean, he probably made the right call not trying to make it to Teterboro Airport in New Jersey. He probably would have smashed into some buildings and killed a bunch more people. And he, like everybody did survive. So like shout out Sully, I guess for doing the right thing. But it's very boring. There's a lot. There's like a million of those if you look on the Wikipedia page for air accidents, which is where I found all this. Um, there's a really good survival story of another one in Brazil. Brazil has a ton of plane crashes because they're the right mix of like everything in their country is big and spread out. And they're also retards and incompetent and don't take anything seriously. Um, so but we love uh, them. We, I love Brazilians. I love Brazilians. Um, so the, the uh, pilot, the pilots basically have no idea where they're going. I think this one's in the 1980s. Um, and they only figure out they're going the wrong direction because they were supposed to be seeing the ocean and they're seeing the Amazon rainforest. No, <laughs> and they're like, oh they're God. like, oh, I think something's no. wrong. And then they like kind of like, try to radio in, and they're like, oh, we're out of frequency. And I think it was something like uh, they they realized because they were able to pick up on the radio like uh, a soccer game that was happening somewhere that was like not anywhere near where they were supposed to be, and they were like, ah, I think something something wrong. And then they're like, oh, well, we don't have enough fuel to get to any airport. We're in the middle of the Amazon. So they just uh, do uh, a controlled crash landing. They slow the plane down. They take it, take it down and just land it into the rainforest, Whoa. which, like, fucks it up and, like, kind of breaks it apart. Not everybody survived. Some people died in the initial crash, but there were, like, half the people, I think, survived or so. And then they're just in the Amazon rainforest, and no one knows where this plane is. It was off all radar, and nobody had n- known that anything went wrong. They only found out, uh, like, many hours later, when it didn't arrive where it was supposed to, that something did go wrong. Um, and so they're just trapped in the rainforest. Um, and I believe they sent out, like, a group of, like, the men on the flight to go look for help. And they, like, they, like, walked for, like, a full day and found a ranch, like, you know, the kind of ranch that's, like, cutting down the Amazon or whatever. You say that's bad, but this got some people saved. They found people. um, (laughs) They found a clearing and, like, you know, a ranch or whatever. Whoa. they, 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 they They got help. And I think 
you know, something like 20 something people on the flight survived, which considering it's like a little less than half. But as far as these things go for how that happened, I think it's pretty good. Some people died like uh, in the Amazon rainforest. Um, some of them uh, died in the initial crash, but like a lot of them survived and they did so by like collecting rainwater in like the life rafts and shit. And like, you know, like, I don't know, attempting to like hunt local fauna and shit like they basically were just like sent back to caveman times it's like um, lost it's like the show yeah it, it, it really it, it is it's very much like lost um but i was actually asked you about lost earlier mm-hmm. but what's your opinion well, on lost i think my these are my final thoughts because victoria's here i gotta go but um <laughs> but my final thoughts on lost is that it's extremely unrealistic because a plane like that that breaks up in midair no one's surviving the real ending of lost is they are all dead which maybe the show meant to do in the first place is that what I came back to essentially? That they were all dead? And it was I think it did. And, and yeah. that, that, so, so it, it saved itself with the weird later seasons everybody made. Yeah. All right. It I did. gotta go. All right. Peace. All right. <laughs>